<laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah, it is. You want to go? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you want to go? Yeah. Hey, here, here. you want to go? No, you just walk four or five feet ahead of me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> It is Tuesday, June 21st. Uh, is it the first day of summer or was that yesterday? I, somebody uh, said well, the, the solstice the, came yesterday. I do believe it's late on the 20th this year. It kind of shifts depending on when in the day it is, the official solstice. Okay, I do believe so, it was late yesterday. It was like 8 p.m. yesterday. All right. So it is. the well, Okay. So that was night. So it is the first day of summer. Yeah, you could argue that. Okay, sure. It's, it's the first day of summer. Yeah. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Uh, it is, uh, is on taking pictures and, and we're live today. So if, uh, well, I could give you the URL, but if you're not listening live, then it wouldn't do you any good. Cause it already happened. Right. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, however, so, uh, did you tweet? Cause I will retweet your tweet. I did. I okay, tweeted. Let me, let me go find that and, and retweet yeah. it. Uh, so, so it is on taking pictures, a big Q and a show today. And we got a lot of questions. Uh, Bill Wadman is in Brooklyn where, uh, I am told it is a, a very nice day today. It is delightful so far. Uh, and uh, Jeffrey Sidoris, I'm here in D.C. where it is also delightful today, so far. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, went, went out to the pool yesterday. Went to the Y. Oh, you went to the Y. Oh, yeah. fancy. Yeah. Hey, it's fun. They have, they have two pools. They have an indoor pool and an outdoor pool. And, uh, boy, I feel sorry for, the, for the, the lifeguards, though, because I think the pool is open – basically all year round. So when it's, when it snows, you'll see, you know, the, the poor sap who has to sit out in the little lifeguard hut <laughs> just to yeah, make yeah, sure yeah. somebody's out there. Wait, wait, wait. I, in I, the, when it's, it's cold outside, they have the outside pool still open. Oh yeah. Yeah. You'll see, you'll see steam rising off of it and people will be out there swimming. I, I, you know, you, you, you want to go bring somebody a hot cocoa or something. You just go here. I'm sorry. You have to sit out here. This, that sucks, but yeah, that's, uh, I, I was on the beach, uh, this weekend down in Asbury park and, and the guys, uh, guys and gals up on the thing, yelling at people for going too far out. Do you, what are the rules of lifeguards? If a lifeguard whistles at you and says, you got to come in or whatever it is, you know, whatever they yell at you. About, I would imagine that's, do you that, have to follow know. that? Well, I, I don't or is know. that sort of like a, if you're on your own, if you're out there kind of thing, it depends. I mean, if you're Freddie Clark, no, you don't have to follow it. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah, that explains yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not Freddie Clark, just so you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then I would suggest following the lifeguards it's, rules. It's kind of like the opposite of Spartacus, you know? Right. <laughs> I'm Freddie Clark. I'm not Freddie Clark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the tide goes out to him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with questions? Do you want to start with news? Do you want to start with follow-up? Well, we what do you want to talk about? We got some follow-up. We got some follow-up from uh, last week's discussion um, about uh, Orlando. Right. And we, got, we got a few emails that, that pertain yeah, to that. We got a few. And right off the bat, I would like to say thank you uh, to those of you who did write in. And there are quite a few of you, so thank you. But, but thank you for writing in with questions or thoughtful criticism, uh, rational commentary, and not just devolving into one side or the other. You're wrong. Yeah. And I think that speaks to... to The quality of our listenership. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. It you really does. You guys are the does. best. 
You do. You are. It, it carries through. And I mean, you know, look, uh, it's a charged issue. Um, <laughs> nice pun. You know, it is, it is, it is, uh, for, for some, it is, it is a very basic right guaranteed them by the constitution. Yep. Uh, but I will say, you know, didn't at one point the constitution also say it was okay to own people. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I think that's part of the, the experiment is, is some of these things are malleable. Some of these things get to be revisited from time to time and see if they still make sense. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to go into it. I don't want to discuss it on the show, but I just wanted to say thank you to those of you who wrote in. Uh, food for thought. Uh, I, I am thinking about some of your commentary. I'm thinking about some of the questions that you asked. Uh, I did make a mistake or we did make a mistake in referring to uh, the, the, the weapon as a machine gun. Um, it was semi-auto, not full auto. Right. Um, so, and, and I, I tweeted a clarification, but for those of you who don't follow me on Twitter or, or follow Bill on Twitter, apologies for that. We, we did make a mistake. Um, but it's an issue that needs to be at least discussed. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't have a solution, but if, if, if you are still of the opinion that, that, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people, mm, I don't know that we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think yes, I think it's going to be. He could have. Go ahead. Killed. I was just going to say yes. He, this person in Orlando, for example, could have killed people with a box cutter. Could he have killed a hundred and three or injured fifty and killed another fifty? Probably not. Right. So, so there there is a difference between saying, well, you know, he still people would still find a way to kill people. Yes, they would, but yeah. perhaps not en masse. Perhaps not as quickly. Perhaps not as indiscriminately. So thank you, though, for, for writing in on, on, on with the show, as they say, unless you've got something to add. No, that's, uh, that's fine. The, you sure? Uh, yeah. You got something? I, nothing on the topic. All right. I have lots of stuff on the topic, just nothing that is you know, worth discussing publicly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Like I said, I just <laughs> wanted to say thank you for, for the tone in which the comments came in. Sure. Because we, we have seen on the news, on websites, on you know CNN or HuffPo or wherever it is that you happen to go, we have seen this discussion devolve very quickly, and it simply didn't happen with this group of people, with you guys. And I thank you for that. Yep. So, although we we did lose four thousand listeners last week, I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> I noticed the numbers were down, and. Uh, did we have four thousand to lose? Yeah, yeah, I think there were there were a few hundred left. That's right. Um, it's just it's Matheson, Chris <laughs> Connors, you know, Weathersby, Baleworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Millie's still on the fence. She's not sure. Yeah, well, she's from she's from Canada. They have they go by different rules. <laughs> um, where do you want to say you want to do the Q and A? You want to do there? I mean, there are a couple like you want to start with the little topics down below and then yeah. go back to the Q and A. Okay, yeah, we can do that. All right, so we'll we'll start the Q and A just a sec because we've we've got a couple things. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, New York Times article this year or this year yesterday, <laughs> this, uh, sometime this year. Yeah, about um, about uh, John Ruder 
who is one of the guys who sort of runs uh, one of those 20 by 24 Polaroid right. cameras, basically closing up shop and just yep. saying, yep, can't do it anymore. We're running out of material and we can't afford to do it. And it's kind of over. Apparently, I, it's something I didn't know in this article was that they went and bought, you know, cases and cases and cases of the film when they were going out of business, right. when Polaroid was shutting down. And their plan was to figure out a way to make it themselves again, sort of like the uh, the like new Impossible. 55 or, or yeah. Impossible Project. Yeah. Well, but then Chuck Close had to go and use it all, taking pictures of Clooney. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 17 <laughs> frames a piece need, on. Yeah. I need 80 frames of Brad Pitt to just get that perfect exposure. You know, when they when we when we discussed that, you know, 100 episodes ago and they showed all of the shots of, you know, Scarlett Johansson on the wall and there are like 10 of them or whatever. Right. And I'm just like adding it up. I'm like, well, it's $125. Like, so, okay. So he spent $1,200 on film on one of the eight people he shot, which means, let me tell you something. I've shot a lot of editorial. That's where I make most of my money. I don't have budgets of $1,200 for film for one of the eight people I'm shooting. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. I don't know how Chuck Close suddenly comes in and goes, yeah, I'm going to need a $10,000 budget just on materials for this shoot. Um, right, right. In addition to what you're paying me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Ugh, incredible. Um, but uh, a little sad, kind of like the end of something, you know. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I never got to use one of these. I do have a friend named Dave Fateman who once, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, for, he was working for some uh, consulting company or something, and they had their their sort of consulting headshots done mm-hmm. on one of these in new york there's one in new york that's kind of cool yeah which which uh pretty cool uh 1750 a day to rent the camera plus 125 dollars for each exposure wow yeah so you- here's what you do here's what you do you get you can still get four by five polaroid right no well you can <laughs> you can you could get i think fuji still makes the color 100 speed prints i think that's the only people who still make it and is it four by five? Is that how big it is? Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 You can do so, that. so you build an array of like little oh, Graflex yeah. cameras. Yeah. Yeah. You and know, build, build them all the same time. Yeah. Or shunk. Yeah. So they're like they're like Polaroid pixels, basically. Although then you got to get the weird Fuji backs they make for those the FP one hundred weird right. back thing right, um, right, right. anyway just uh sad I, I i did wish that i could use one of those at least once in my life go play with one but pretty soon there will be one i'm sure at the smith he wants one to go to the smithsonian or to the or to the uh the um what's the one up in in the kodak museum one oh up in rochester yeah 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 yeah, yeah. which is interesting because man how long is that going to be around you know yeah probably not long yeah, it's like, you know, how, how many people are going up to Rochester to 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 go check that out? I mean, they know? they could put one Smithsonian, they could put one ICP, they could put one uh, Annenberg Center. Sure, or Annenberg or space. You might even be able to make an argument for MoMA having one in their design department. You know, yeah, yeah, uh, just as a weird object. But a uh, great picture. If you don't know anything about this whole thing, go look at this article because the the hero shot at the top of Chuck Close taking pictures of Brad Pitt with this giant comically large looking camera in between them is uh, pretty awesome. Uh, I have to admit. Um, right. What else we got? 
don't really want to discuss. Maybe we can discuss it next time. I just put it in here. Uh, if a lot of listeners of the show are, are doing prints, selling prints, trying to sell prints, uh, and, and making limited editions, and I'm, I'm air quoting around my mic here, uh, and it's, it's an interesting article on limited editions or the fallacy of limited editions in a, in a, in a digital photographic economy. Oh, I, I would like to discuss this. I have not read the article. So yeah, let me, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Let's all read it and we'll discuss it next week. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's pretty interesting and I think it could be a, a, a good discussion. Okay. Um, and in fact, if you want to, if you want to move the Salgado yeah, thing, yeah, we can yeah. do that too. Okay. Well, I'll we copy just put it in the show notes, week. have people watch it and then, uh, and then we can discuss next week. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The video here. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I will put it in the show notes. Uh, boom. Done. Okay. Uh, all right. Questions. You want to do some questions? Hit it. Do you have you questions? Want to start? You want me to start? I have answers. Uh, you want to flip a coin? Uh, I have sure. a coin here, right? You ready to yeah, call go it? Tails. tails, 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 never fails. Is right, it really? You get to choose, yep. So I get to choose whether I want to kick off or receive. You're right. I'll kick off. Okay, go ahead. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one's from Christopher? Christopher? I can't say that. Christopher Matheson. Christopher Matheson. <laughs> uh, for the two of you, in your most recent work, what are the main drivers behind it? And how close are the drivers in line with your core beliefs? Interesting. Um, are you doing the work That's which resonates podcast with series you? in itself. Go ahead. Right. Or are you doing the work which resonates with you? Or are you doing the work to resonate with your audiences? What do you think? Um, well, um, I'm... I guess it, this makes most sense to discuss with my new dream thing that I'm doing. Um, mm -hmm. The main driver behind it is for me to try to do some more um, uh, larger work, harder work, more difficult work, you know, to try to push mm -hmm. myself a little bit and, and to try to do some more newer conceptual work. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I guess the pro the problem I would have with this thing is trying to define core beliefs. You know, mm -hmm. like the drivers in line with my core beliefs. I, it, my new thing is about pushing myself. So so, you know that that's where I'm going. It definitely resonates with me. It's definitely about trying to kick myself into gear. You know, like you know, go yeah. go run up that hill. <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, uh, by the way, I how did how long? Yeah. How long would you say it's been? since you really pushed yourself, if you're being on, and be honest. Um, I have tried a few times in the past few years to no avail. This one's working. Like it's, uh, mm. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, probably five years. Yeah. Where I like, where, where I didn't know if I could do it kind of thing. Right. Probably five years. Um, which is why it's it's fun and exciting. Uh, I I am doing it mostly to 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 do stuff for me. But it, I mean, in my position, there's also my audience is also the people who hire me to pay my bills. You know, so mm -hmm. sometimes a lot of times I have to do work where it's like, oh well, 
I do want to get more of that kind of work. So why don't I do some on spec in order to right. have new stuff in my portfolio? So that's an element well, that, that's, of it, but I Keatley would be thing, doing right? it anyway. Yeah. 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 That's Keatley's mantra is, is, you know, shoot your, shoot the personal work that you want your professional work to be. Right. And that's, and that's what I'm doing. And, and, you know, and like, you know, you're, my agent has a, not a say in that, but we'll say, Hey, you know, we need more of this stuff. And I go, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Let me try more of that stuff. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I, I would say that the main driver behind it is 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 like an opportunity to flex my muscles a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, what what about you? I I have been <laughs> I have been phoning it in for so long. Stop phoning it in. What do you mean phoning for real? it in? I mean I I have been. You've been talking a good talk then. Well, I, it depends on what we're talking about uh, okay. with regard to the shows. I'm really pushing hard on that. Okay. Um, but my like painting, oh, that, that kind of creative work. Okay. I, I haven't pushed myself in years. Um, I've done a few paintings over the past couple of years, but you know, it, 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 it I, I'm trying to get it back. I've got, I've got new work in, in the works. Um, it's, it's, it's a struggle though. It's a yeah. struggle. <sighs> It's a struggle to figure out what it is you want to say creatively. Yeah. And, and to the second part of this question, will that work resonate with an audience? Will that work connect with an audience? Because, yes, I want to do the work that I enjoy. Yes, I want to do the work that means something to me. But at the end of the day you want to connect you want to have a conversation whether it's an audio conversation or a visual conversation you want to have a conversation yes um i guess sometimes and and i certainly am guilty of this as well but you you're like the king of this kind of thing is that like sometimes i think that you psych yourself out Oh, oh, I, I do. Yeah, but, uh, you, you yeah. think about it so much that you get paralyzed, you know, yeah. do anything. So it's like, so just you know, pick up my, a brush and greatest, start messing around. My What's the worst that could happen? Skill. It doesn't come out great. Right. My greatest skill, in in my opinion, is is my ability to talk myself into or out of anything with equal <laughs> with equal uh, uh, reasonability, with equal enthusiasm. I can make a case either way. And I, have, it, I have noticed this, by the way. Yes, and it and it falls into this sort of analysis paralysis. Now, I think in the last several months, especially with Process Driven, I've been redefining the types of conversations that I want to have and, and the types of people that I want to have them with. And I think there's there's movement in the needle that way. Okay. If that can somehow translate into moving the needle in my personal work, all the better. I, f I feel like we need a, a, a safe word for you where like <laughs> safe word. Well, no, it, it, that, that if one of us, if, if, if you start, <laughs> you know, how you, you said you could like talk yourself in, into or out of anything. Right. It's, it's a little bit almost like an Incredibles monologuing kind of thing. <laughs> you got yeah. me monologuing, right? <laughs> like, right. No, it's, it's, it's so, I mean, my mother always wanted me, me to be a prosecutor because she's like, I, you just, you can make an argument for anything. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. I, at the time, it w was, was she saying that is a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She was like, 
Jeffrey, you can make an argument for anything. So shut yeah. your little six six year old mouth, right? And go brush your teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's in, it, I feel like uh, last few days notwithstanding, cause the last few days I have been absolutely in the weeds, abso-effin-lutely drowning. Well, can, can you define what your core beliefs are in, in Matheson about parlance? What? Well, that's, mm, that's, yeah. Core beliefs about what? About, about life and the universe and, and. Uh, yeah. Right. And do, 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 do your core beliefs of life. Are they necessarily supposed to match up with your core beliefs in whatever it is you're trying to do? Uh, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I think I, I think I'm trying to work through that. I'm trying to figure out what those what what some of those beliefs are in terms of of my work. Now, here's the thing. I I, I just watched uh, David Dushman does a video podcast. Okay. Uh, called uh, Vision is Better, I want to say. I'll, I'll find um, it. Keep, keep looking. I'll look it up. I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah, Vision is Better. And somebody wrote in to him on, a, on episode, I want to say it was either 46 or 48, uh, asking him, can you make a living in, as a professional photographer? Right. And his response is, of course, well, yes, you can. Because I'm doing it, so right. yes, if you know. Um, but making a living in photography, and you know, extrapolate this into any of the creative arts, is not primarily about making pictures. You're going to spend twenty percent of your time making pictures, but you're going to spend eighty percent of your time hustling for business, trying to find clients, trying sure. to find a patron, trying to collect money from those people you've already done work for. Yeah. But the actual business of making pictures or writing editorials or right. Right. painting or writing poetry about long walks on the beach, whatever it is, that's going to be a minority of your time. And the majority of your time is spent on the entrepreneurship or the business side of sure. it. And the frustrating and, thing about that is that all the time that you're working on the business side of it, you, you feel like your skills are softening on the photography side of it. Sure. Sure. And yeah. I am not underlined twice in bold an entrepreneur. I keep wanting to think that I am. I keep trying to, to shoehorn myself into it, but I don't think that way. I, I, I'm an idea person. I think about ideas. I have notebooks and sketchbooks and, and, you know, I don't even know how many post-it notes with ideas for paintings, photographs, series, whatever it is, T-shirts, sure. you know, doesn't matter. Um, it's it's the, the, the stumbling block I have is, is getting those ideas into the real world. Right. And, and before I talk myself out of them. And then another idea comes in your squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm with so, you. So the, the, that, yeah, no, yeah, it does. And it's, I, I moved a couple questions up cause they relate to this. So I figured it's easier to just sort of not go back to them. So you mind if we just jump to the next one and continue yeah, yeah, the conversation? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> Jeremy Bryant, uh, when approaching a new photo series, do you typically go in with the number of shots in mind? that you think you will need or let it evolve organically or keep producing images till you feel it's finished. Do you believe that it's better to share the work as you make it or wait until the entire series is complete to unveil it? I mean, these are all 
the kinds of things, right? You know, do you know what you're shooting? The next question to merge them all together, Jason Martin, when you do personal work, how much of the idea do you figure out before you start shooting and how much do you figure out in the middle of things? You know, this is sort of, uh, I think that if, if there's a difference between you and I, I'd rather jump in in the middle of it and figure it out. I'd rather jump in the pool and figure out how to swim. You'd rather come up with a plan to get to the other side. Yes. You think that's fair? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. I, it, and, and only because for me, that's about my own experience of I've tried to plan a lot of things out and it either, I never finish them or they, they never come out anywhere near where I was going. And then I kind of think to myself, well, why did I spend all that time planning? If it's not going to, if I'm not going to get where I'm planning to get to in right. the first place, right. you know, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a strange thing to, to dive in not knowing where you're going. But I think part of it for me is that I, d I don't know where it's going and therefore that's why it, it maintain maintains my attention, right? Well, uh, yeah. and I, there's sort of, there's an unknown. It's sort of like I, I'm still wooing the idea, right? I sure, sure. Um, go ahead. Sorry. It, it has, it, I, I have been on both sides, mm -hmm. you know, over, over the weekend, I wrote out a list of every job I've ever had since I was 16 years old. Okay. And How, with wait. the exception, go ahead. What I was, 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 was going to make was, <laughs> Go ahead. So how many times was Gigolo on the list? <laughs> well, that's, that's an, that's, I'm still trying to refine that. So it's still, you know, <laughs> go ahead. It's, it's always there. Um, 1972 to present. Right. <laughs> that's right. Companion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with with a with a very few exceptions, a handful, I have done something in the creative arts. Mm -hmm. You know, there were a couple restaurant gigs, there were a couple salesman gigs, but by and large, it was all the things that I have done have been something expressing or or fostering creativity. And there's a block of time where I went pretty much out of college was I didn't know where I was going to land. I just jumped mm -hmm. and jumped and jumped and jumped and jumped. And then somewhere along the way figured out or, or talked myself into this idea that you shouldn't jump anymore. Why? You need to know where you're going to land. And not only do you need to know where you're going to land, you need to know the composition of the soil and do a compaction test in your mind before you land so you know that it's going to support you when you do land. Right. And Wait, was there I, something that happened that caused you to shift to that mode? I not that I have not that I have revealed yet from making lists. Yeah, not that I've revealed <laughs> Yeah, I look. But, I I agree with you. I feel the same way, but at the same, t I feel like that's the adult way of doing things, quote unquote. Right. But it never. Well, seems and I to and I think I'm experiencing a, a a renaissance of sorts in leaping, really, okay. until I got here. I mean, this has been a year of massive change, and may continue to be a year of massive change. Um. Tempered with, you know what's on the other side, you know? Right, 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 right. right. Um, 
And and in terms of of putting things out, this is something else that I wanted to to kind of go out with you. Uh, do you typically uh, wait? Uh, do you better? You feel it's better to share the work as you make it, or wait until the entire series is complete to unveil it? Yeah. Here's where you have switched because in in drabbles you release them as you made them. Yep. In this new series, you're waiting until it's done. Yep. Whereas I, at least photographically, well, even even in painting, I, I, I don't hold, typically, I don't hold anything back. I post it the day I, I, I take it or, mm-hmm. or I post it when it's finished. I post behind the scenes things often, sometimes, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just, I think it just speaks to, to the fluidity of the creative process that you, we, we're all trying to feel out what works. Yeah, we're all sure. trying to sort of, you know, swim through this, this, this muck and sometimes it's more viscous and sometimes it's not. Uh, and we have to sort of make changes artistically, creatively, ethically, morally, whatever it is. Sure. I Just to, to go into the details a little bit, the reason why I'm not putting them out as I finish them is because, at least with Drabbles, I was essentially doing one a day for 30-something days. Right. So – um, I could put them out and I always knew that there was another one tomorrow and there was like a little bit of like, you know, fun little buzz of like, oh, which one is he going to do next? Right. Where w- w- with this one, the like logistics of doing them are taking so much longer that I feel like it would just peter out between each image. And 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 I've always done it sort of the put it out when you're done. And I was like, well, maybe there's also an impact of saying, oh, here's these 15 or 16 images I've been working on. Mm-hmm. Boom is like one like big like statement, you know, as opposed to is, is there them value out. in there for you of teasing it with with either behind the scenes or little details? Yeah, and, and or- we've been shooting some behind the scenes video, which I haven't gotten around to doing uh, mm-hmm. uh, to editing. But yeah, I mean, There's yes, a, a new update for Resolve, by the way. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. I it seems like one of those things where, and well, I guess that's the other thing is that like it gives me opportunities right at the end of this when i'm happy and satisfied and done probably in august or something um i can then take all the footage and i can tease it out then and then put out one a day for 15 days or you know what i mean whatever it is i want to do right so honestly it's an experiment of like oh i always used to do it the other way maybe there's some power advantage to doing it this way let's try doing it this way this time you know it's not any sort of like big monumental shift Sure, um, sure, but, sure, but sure. I think that there are there are pluses and minuses to both sides. Um, right. I do I do like the oh we're putting it out as we finish it because then we're working on the next one. It's like no time, no time, no time. Like I love working like that. Uh, right. Unfortunately, when you have multiple people and locations and weather and you know all trying to put it together with no budget, <laughs> you you have to make concessions. You know, good, fast, and cheap. Pick two. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, I want it to be good and cheap, so it's not going to be fast. Right. Um, but uh, do we do we handle all these questions? I think I think so. I think okay. we're good. Christopher uh, Williams, go moving ahead. on. Yeah. Uh, is the time of the image, and by extension the photographer, as a real driver of social change over? Mm. Spoiler, no. Uh, given the constant overwhelming glut of photographs bombarding us from all sides, can a single image or series really change minds, or? Are we at a point where the reactions to even those images, which should spur all of us to action, are consumed by almost everyone as, oh, dear God, that's horrible. I should do something. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Oh, look at that cute kitten. (laughs) And what is that amazing bowl James is eating for dinner? 
And is this a failing of us as a society or merely a side effect of the method of consumption? Deep. Okay. Mm, deep. You want to start? Sure. Uh, no. The, 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 the time of social change from photography or by extension art is not over at all. Um, I don't believe it is. I, I, I may disagree find, with you on that, but go ahead. Finish. Okay. Um, yes, the, the, the amount of content is, uh, overwhelming. Um, but it's overwhelming on every level. There, there are probably, I don't have statistics in front of me, but I would imagine there are more books published now than ever in human history, but a book can still change a life. A book can still inspire a life. A book can still, uh, make a difference. So I think that, that in that same way, a photograph, a painting, a body of work, a series of photographs, uh, is still very capable of, of certainly raising awareness. Would it, would it change policy? Hmm, maybe not. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, there's a, a very, <laughs> Shameless plug, go listen to the Process Driven episode with Nick Brandt uh, right. because his his entire body of work, his entire ethos, his entire reason for making this work is as a commentary on uh, uh, the changing landscape in Africa and an upcoming body of work will be a commentary on climate change. Um, so so. So yes, uh, will policy change? Who knows? But awareness will change, and I, from awareness, policy change may happen. Go ahead. Sorry, it, I know I I read it his question more as a overarching. If will there still be those singular images that change society as a whole, as opposed to? I agree with you that that an image or a body of images or a series of something can can change one person's or, or a community of people's hearts and minds. But I wonder if the same impact of, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the Vietnamese picture of the, the napalm girl or that kind of thing, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Will, will those singular images that change an entire society and, and shift public thought still be there? Or are there so many pictures of the stuff that went down in Orlando or wh what have you, you know, these sort of mega events of our time that are these big deals, but we're so washed in images of them that any singular image never kind of has time to gather momentum. Mm -hmm. I, I think it also depends on how immersed you yourself are in the stream. Sure. Yep. If, if you're not on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter yeah. and, 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 and if you're on maybe one or two of those services, then you're not getting yeah. the numbers of images that some others are. So, so I think it's fluid. I think it really does depend sure. on how deeply you are invested in content. In, I, think, in content I think that it's like anything else in, in the arts now where, you know, a, a, a major number one record sells a million copies now. You know, where a million right. copies wouldn't get you in the top 10 20 years ago. So, right, 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 right. so I think that I think there's everybody the, gets a trophy. Yep. Yeah, it's the fragmentation, <laughs> you know, uh, it's 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 a, it's this fragmentation of media, which leads to 
oh, uh, you know, you and I saw that picture of, I don't know, Bernie Sanders doing whatever it is, but a bunch of people didn't see it because they don't follow Bernie Sanders or whatever, right. whatever. The thing and is. I think it's skewed by who you follow. You know, if you, if oh, you, absolutely. if you follow, uh, uh, you know, CNN, for example, you're going to get one stream. If you follow Politico, you're going to get another. Yeah. If you follow, you know, and, and, and you can drill that down as far as you need to go. But, uh, I do absolutely think that's, look, I, I have to believe that that's, that that's one of the things that makes art amazing, that makes, that makes, uh, making things amazing is that you see it and it, and it somehow alters you, affects yep. you, changes your perception. Uh, I will say though, uh, can I, uh, a little plug of something that's not mine. Uh, yeah, sure. there's a, there's a Politico podcast now. I'm looking up the name of it so I get it right. The Politico's 2016 Nerdcast. If any of you out there are like political junkies in a, I want to hear smart people talking about like the behind the scenes of of the election and like, you know, yeah. the sort of inner workings of how this actually all is without like lots of bluster, like let's rip apart the numbers kind of stuff. Uh, it's a really good show that I found recently. And it's fun. Um, let's see. Ken Larman. Larman? Larman? What do you think? I would say Larman. You're like, Ken Lamont. Ken Lamont. Uh, after a few few months in D.C., what would Jeffrey Sedoris do for an in-and-out double-double animal style? Or is he more of a fat burger guy? No, screw fat burger. Uh, In-and-out burger is is the way to go. Do you go double-double animal style, though? Uh, Not usually. I usually go single animal style. Double-double is just Wait, animal style is what on it? Remind me. Uh, grill scrapings, onions, uh, and and uh, uh, spread. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a straight double double kind of guy. I think yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a special menu kind of guy. Um, yeah, man, I oh, I was in fact I was just talking to somebody about In and Out Burger the day before yesterday. Let me ask you a question: If In and Out Burger, if there was an In and Out Burger. An hour away from where you live, would you make a pilgrimage to it occasionally? Of course. Two hours? Yes. Four hours? Occasionally, yes. Okay. That's pretty That's pretty. But dedicated. an hour away? Pff, an hour away? I'd go there for lunch. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> McFly! Right, you know. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Uh, 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 just, we got an audible here. Emmett Cowler. I'm preoccupied and can't listen live, but riddle me this capture versus document in photography. Capture versus document in photography. Huh? Boy, uh, going again, mentioning Nick, boy, he had some strong things to say. It is not a capture. He said it is a photograph. What's the difference? I think capture implies uh, a lack of, of intent. Capture for some, I'm not saying for everyone, but I think sure. for some, capture implies happenstance versus it, photograph know, implies intent. It is interesting that when I write to people to try to get them, you know, I have my little wish list of people that I write occasionally to have sittings with them. And I always tend to, instead of saying, take your portrait. I usually say make your portrait. Like it's some right. strange distinction in my head. 
um, that it gives it a little more weight somehow. I don't know that it does. I'm just, it's, it's sort of like this weird thing that I've noticed myself doing. So it's the same kind of, you know, words are words, you know, the pictures are pictures capture versus document. Um, yeah, but here's the problem I have with the idea of document is that that to me implies that all photographs are documentary ultimately. That they are sure. reality and, and, of whatever and, and in front for of a the lens time and, they were right. That yeah, was, that was the early sort of you know if you went to RISD or if you went to you know if you were learning photography in in say the sixties, you were you were learning the documentary style of photography. Sure, sure. but Matthew Brady and Gardner and those guys were still were moving bodies at Gettysburg. So sure, sure you know sure. it's it's real the idea that it's any sort of reality in front of the lens is kind of obtuse anyway. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, you uh, know, I don't mind the go, word capture. Go, no, go, go ahead. I don't know if I don't know I don't know that I ever use. I think the it word depends capture. on the type of photography. I don't think it's it's a blanket. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess there you're are right. some photographs that are documentary. There are, you know, and God, I think you hard. can say, I think, I think you can say, you can use the word capture without it being pejorative. And maybe it's, you have captured a moment. You, you use it as a descriptor, not as a noun. Yep. Sure. Yeah. Exposure. Yeah. yeah. Um, frame. I yeah. mean, there's all these words that are essentially just synonyms of each other. Sure. Um, uh, one more audible. Uh, you saying I am an idea person reminded me of the Louis C.K. quote. I think the second you say I am this, you've stopped listening and learning. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, ideas are are about learning. Ideas are centered, I think, around learning. And I, I am very clear that I am always willing to learn. I'm very clear that I'm always willing to change my opinion based on new information or or new beliefs. Uh, so I don't, I don't really agree with that. I, I, I guess I can see where he's going, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that to pigeonhole folks. Yeah. Ultimately, at some point you have to make a statement of what you, th where you think you are at this moment. And if you think that, you know, I, I mean, I, everything comes from an idea. So what's sure. wrong with being an idea person? Right. I mean, think of it. Thoughts are things, everything in the, everything you see started as a thought. It's, whenever you say it, it always reminds me of uh, Merlin when he's just like, I'm just an idea guy. Somebody else is going to have to run with it, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but thank you, Junas. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Is uh, it Junas? J-O-O-N-A-S. Did we Junus. decide that's what? Yeah, yeah that, okay. that works. Um, let's Apologies see. if that's not it. James uh, Partridge. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> again, this it's like a bad song. penny, this thing. It's like a bad penny. It keeps turning up. <laughs> Where did the song come at the end from the... Ugh. These are new Go listeners, ahead. apparently. Uh, Go I wrote, ahead. It's my song. Uh, Bill wrote it. Berkeley, I wrote it. It's me blah, blah, singing blah, 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 blah. blah. Yeah. Uh, me and uh, my ex, uh, Andrea Mann, who is getting married very soon, um, uh, wrote it. I wrote it up in Connecticut, and then we came back and did the lyrics, and then we recorded it as part of a project i did years ago if you go to i think williamgeorgewadman.com slash 52 you can get to the old old stuff which is still over on hostgator um but yeah you can go listen to it but uh yeah it's my song uh let's see chris connors chris connors have, have you ahead. ever considered discussing photography maybe devote a special <laughs> episode to it or something <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have to think about that 
Could be fun. Um, Could be fun one of these days just to talk about photography. Put it in the show notes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. All right. Uh, Oh, my God. This Uh, is like a 12-parter. All right, yeah. well, let's uh, let's let's flip flop on this one. So you get Peter you get, Evans. Uh, yeah. Question one, subset one, paragraph yeah. four. Yeah, this this is like uh, the 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 final exam in that Rodney Dangerfield flick, uh, Back to School. <laughs> I love. You know what? I watched that movie a few months ago. It's still right? funny. It's still funny. It's still good. <laughs> I only have one question in forty-seven parts. <sighs> <sighs> All right, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Peter right, Evans, uh, have I number one? Have either one of you ever tried to be part of a local photography community? What you mean, like we're not now? Come on, Peter. Come on, not now. local. Good point. Okay, stand corrected. Uh, perhaps early on with regular meets, have you ever attached yourself to a gallery scene, done volunteer work in that field? How were your experiences? You? Um, I have. I have been members of a few small uh, photo groups in New York, uh, but mostly because I was invited to come speak or something and then sort of went to some meetings and that kind of thing. Um, I have judged competitions at a lot of local sort of amateur photo clubs. Uh, I've done that, I don't know, a half dozen times. Uh, I've done, I've been a uh, thesis advisor for... Wait, uh, a what kind of advisor? Th- theses, thesis oh. advisor. Thesis, okay, with a with a th. Thesis, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, advisors for uh, for the SVA master's program a couple of years ago. That was fun. So I had to like work with this one girl over and over again to try to hone her in on what she was going for. Um, but I but I've never you know this is actually something I was thinking about the other day. In, in as a co- topic for the show at some point, which might be interesting, is that, you know, like, I, I love doing the show. I love talking to you. I love the fact that we have new friends from this show. But, sure. But I was never, I never got involved in photography for the communal aspects of it, you know? Like, I enjoy some of the communal aspects of it, but I, I didn't get into photography as a hobby that would help me meet people. Right, you know? right. It's sort of communal after the fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. where where I know that some people, for some people, that's that's why they do it. Right? Is like, oh, so we can. I was on the uh, I was on the train, the the subway the other day with Conrad and and this group of people on what I could only assume was a photo walk hopped on the train, and they're all standing there and 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 like there was like ten or fifteen of them, and I leaned over to Heather. I was just like, you know, statistically, probably at least one of them listens to my show. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, 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 you know, but they were obviously having a good time walking around, taking pictures and all the rest of it. And, 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 you know, the handful of times we've done that in groups, it's fun, but like, I wouldn't do that every weekend, you know? Right. Um, I, it's, I, I prefer it's a, it's, taking it can be a fun experience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, but, I, I was part of a, a, a local. You started one. Well, we started one with Faded and Blurred. Yeah. We were doing photo walks every month for, gosh, a long time. Uh, and they got they got big. I mean, some of the photo walks were, you know, regularly in the 60 to 70, maybe right. 80 range. But they got up to 120, 130 people, well, which yeah, is I a mean, lot of people. It's uh, um, more than enough people was, to push your uh, wheelchair around. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but I was also for a while in, in uh, a photo club in Rancho Cucamonga, right. um, which is a, it's a RC photo club. It's a terrific club. Probably between th- now. 
I don't know, three or 400. Yeah. It's, it's amazing and, how many of those there are in almost every community of a reasonable size in the country. Yeah. A, and a they're huge, terrific. Yeah. They're terrific. Yeah. They do awards. Yeah. They do banquets. They go do yep. community service projects. They go on photo walks. Yep. I, I, I think smaller photographic communities are terrific. More power to them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, as far as the other stuff, gallery scene, no. Yeah. Uh, volunteer work in the field, no. So it's a uh, yeah. I guess everyone gets into this stuff for different reasons. I do some more volunteer work. Like if if there was people who need, you know, like those, uh, you know, portraits for people who are trying to get jobs, or you know what I mean, like all that kind of stuff that people do, or families of right, right, right. I do I do that. I could get involved in that. Uh, I could imagine that. So if anybody's out there into that kind of stuff, let me know. Um, number two in your growth as creators, Bill as a photographer, Jeffrey as an interviewer, what do you feel was your biggest hurdle in finding your voice? Uh, uh, what was that toughest leap you had to make to, to get to the next level? Did you ever have a horrible feeling that you should have taken a different approach to your images and format? If so, how did you learn to cast away the doubts and embrace what you were doing? Jeez. Did it take an outside, did it take outside support? I think for all these things we have... <laughs> I'm always asking if I'm on the right track. I don't yeah, know. I'm always asking. You and I are both uh, both on that. Um, biggest hurdle, finding my voice. I'm still finding my voice. I, I will say that that the hurdle is reaching out to, to people who, for for me, in terms of doing doing shows. Um, now, we look, in 2000, I think, 10, I did a 15-episode arc of a show called Q&A at F&B, where I, that's how you and I met. Yep. Um, and I talked to some people that I really admired at the time and still do. Have you listened uh, to those lately? Uh, I am actually going through them and redoing the uh, the bumpers at either end, and I'm going to re-release them as an archive. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, David Dushman, uh, John Keatley, yep. uh, you know, Carl you, Taylor, uh, Carl Taylor, yep. and and a, a lot of the people that I spoke to back then have have since become friends of mine in one capacity or another. Yeah. Um, the hardest thing someday you is, and I will become friends. You know, I can only hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the hardest thing for me about it is is just writing that initial email because I'm so filled with often so filled with doubt about who am I to approach you. Right. You know. Yeah. And and it's and it's. I think I think Gregory Crudson was was a terrific example of pushing through an internal barrier. You know, I, I had, and still do hold Gregory Crudson in such high esteem. I have so much respect for him as, as a creator, as the way he's, he's handled his career as the, from what I know. Right. Um, uh, and I've, I've, I've been a fan both of the, the end product and the inordinate amount of work that goes into it. So to sit down with him and and get the feedback post interview that he gave, which was very kind, right? Um, that took a lot of the doubt away. That took a lot of the the fear away. Partially because I know that if I'm sitting down with you, I've done my homework. I've right. I, I'm approaching you. First of all, I'm approaching you because I'm a fan. I'm I'm it's it's because I'm interested in you. So whatever you want to talk about, I'm interested. You don't have to sell me because right. I, I'm already on board. But then I do research. I'll go and 
And that's part of the thing that I enjoy about doing the show is, is I love doing research. I'll go read what I can about you. I will go watch or read other interviews with you. So I'm not asking, you know, Shepard Ferry. So how did you get started in silk sure. screening? Yeah, yeah. That's something that he's answered 84 times. You know. Yeah. Um, By the way, did you see the? Did you watch or listen to the Neil Young Marin interview with Neil Young recently? No, I haven't got. It's in my queue, but I have not gotten to it. It, it just it shows that like as good as some interviewers can be, there are some interviewer interviewee combinations that just don't click. They just don't work. It, yeah. Was that one? Yeah. In my opinion, yeah. It, it, okay. Like it, Neil Young never kind of got into the groove of just talking. And right. so Marin had to play interviewer, and he's not a great just straight interviewer. No, you know? he's he's terrific at kind of ribbing, but right, yeah. I so anyway, it's it. interesting. Sorry, go ahead. Um, did you ever have a horrible feeling you should be taking a different approach? All uh, the time. All the time. I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, what day is it today? Of course, I do. Can we say that 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 finding your voice? I mean, I would say that I have a voice in my images now, but I'm not. To, I'm not. That's not saying that it's the voice I'm going to have five years from now. You know sure. what I mean? Like, I think sure. you always have some voice, whether or not it's a, co a coherent voice or a voice <laughs> that you're happy with or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't think it's something you find. I think it's something you always have. It's whether or not you your, your speaking voice sounds the way you want it to sound. Well, that's something that's a continual progression, right? I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm sure Crutzen looks back at some of the stuff from the Roses stuff and right. and says, oh, God, that one, yeesh. You know, I'm sure there's got to be stuff oh, he in some does. of those pictures. Yeah, right. I mean, he, so, every single photograph, he, 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 he has said, I can find fault in it. I can, right. I can see where I should have done something different. So, so I don't know that you ever find it. I will say that it, biggest hurdle I've found that when I make leaps, I don't realize that I've successfully gone over the leap until after I've already done it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that, yeah, that it's, yeah. I, you don't, you don't realize it in, in I get the past it. I look back and I go, Oh yeah, it was that picture that brought me to a different level or, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. That, that kind of thing. Um, like taking that picture of, uh, the picture of Heather in the back of the car that led to all the drabbles. That right. was like, we were just messing around in my mother's garage with an old car. My dad left after he died, you know? Mm -hmm. And that sort of like, and then it was a couple of weeks later. I was like, and eh, that was pretty cool. I should do more like that. You know, but in the moment I was just taking a picture. So I right. think that I think that there's something nice about not putting delineation marks. Not everything can be cleaved evenly. Right, 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 right. You know, everything's a transition. No, I think it's true. Every, yeah, and it, um, and it often comes from from unexpected places. You yeah. know, I mean, I, yeah. I I'm I'm doing this newsletter, and it's really hard. It's really <laughs> hard to do a newsletter. It's really hard to to sit down and write something that I that I myself find interesting or or it's me working through some internal thing but structure it in such a way that that someone is going to read it and go oh that's that was that was entertaining clever insightful whatever it is yeah yeah that they'll get to the end of it that's right. been really difficult but i think i think ultimately it's going to make me a better writer and maybe even a better conversationalist because i will be looking at different ways of telling stories. Yep. I, I got you. I agree. All right. Uh, number three of all the, Oh gosh, of all the great photographers of the past, all who the great do you photographers. think would be the most compelling regular blogger? Oh my <laughs> gosh, what a terrific question. And if Winogrand was on Instagram, do you think he'd ever catch up? Do you think you'd ever catch up with his feed or would you unfollow owing to his spamming? Wow. Terrific questions. 
Okay. Can I say, uh, just as a, to go at this backwards, um, I follow some guys like Stephen Shore and stuff on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the old sort of 70s street photographer guys that I follow, their work on Instagram sometimes is really great and sometimes is very ordinary to me. And I, sure. I and I I think that there there's something that the I guess it shows that editing is yeah. is is still key. Yeah. Um, editing and, that, and curation can have a profound effect. Yeah, and and that yeah. I yeah. I wonder if in some ways this this desire to like be posting new stuff every 27 minutes is sort of uh is 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 is, is kind of cutting the legs out from under the editing process. I would agree. And maybe it just doesn't lead to, uh, you know, as, as compelling a feed or, or compelling a, a body of work as somebody who's spent a little more time thinking about it. I don't know. Sure. I guess I don't know that. So I don't know that some of these guys that we look at and, and guys and gals that we look at and we go, oh, my God, they're so amazing. And look at these 50 pictures that are so amazing. If you saw 50,000 pictures of theirs. Uh, th those really amazing ones might blend into the larger group, which, you know, it's, it's driving down the curve, you know, yeah, by putting sure, up a sure, lot sure, of stuff sure. all the time. Uh, photographer of the past would be most compelling regular blogger. Oof. Carter Bresson would be probably fun. Cause he was always like traveling somewhere and putting up pictures of his thing. I think Kappa. Yeah. I mean, Kappa was essentially doing that right by, yeah, by yeah. Uh, being all those war zones, you know? Yeah. But how many just war traveling. pictures? Just traveling. Yeah, he did a lot of travel photography. How old was you know, he? They when would he send died? him to India and just go, okay, come back in a month with some pictures. How old was he when he died? Let's see. Uh, I don't know. He was forty years old. So we were we are both older than Robert Kappa ever was. Yikes. <laughs> you almost twice. Nice. Um, <laughs> you, have, you have any other answers to that one or you want to go to four? Uh, let's go to four. Okay. Four, uh, you both strike me as coffee and bagel kind of guys. Uh, I don't drink coffee at all, so I'm. Uh, I love bagels. Something. I yeah, love bagels. You don't, what, you don't get any good bagels in Maryland. Sure you do. Bagel City. It's terrific. Oh, God. It's terrific. Come to New York. Have a bagel. Uh, oh my God! And this the the cinnamon raisin from Starbucks is so good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, every uh, East Coast listener just, you know, just <laughs> gotten cried. in their cars to drive down and beat me. But yeah. I do love coffee. Uh, how do you feel about uh, blood sausage, black pudding? I am not what a fan. Black pudding? I don't yeah, know what this it's is. it's a British thing. It's a, it's a blood sausage eaten in, in Great Britain. Basically, it's made of pork fat, beef suet, pork blood, and a high portion of oatmeal. This uh, is, this it is a thing sounds disgusting. Yeah. And uh, uh, how are you on like English breakfast, which I think includes uh, like... Uh, I like English breakfast tea. Yeah, so so you're not a you're not a fan of the beans and and eggs and that whole thing. Oh, is that what that is? I think like, it's like sausage. A... Yeah, sausage, beans. Uh, like yeah, toast, eggs. It's like that kind of thing. It's, uh, it's pretty hearty. Beans on toast. Is that is that? Yeah, considered? It's, it's it's in that general direction. I like Imagine beans that. on toast. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm not a fan of of blood pudding or black pudding. Uh, yeah, it sounds harsh. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I am, sorry, I am, English folks. Acquired did, taste, maybe. I did have one of the best. What are they? The pasties, you know, the uh, the, like the pasties. pasties, the pasties, the <laughs> I think Cornish pasties. pasties. Something else. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really, really good. Uh, I had one at um, Chatsworth House that was fantastic. 
out of nowhere, like this one guy with a cart had this Cornish pasty that was like fantastic, like meat and potatoes and stuff inside of a, a crust. Mm, it's good stuff. Um, mm. All right, number, number five. Number five. Uh, okay, last one from Peter Evans. Uh, is there a period of photography that you feel weaker as compared to others? Personally, I feel that the 80s was a somewhat ho-hum period with photography becoming too slick, sharp, and soulless with too much emphasis on technical perfection, the sort of equivalent of yuppie fashion. Uh, God, I, Peter, I dig the way you write. Uh, not many great monographs from that pe- period either. Thoughts? Yeah, that was like the the, the glamour shots and yeah. the harsh lighting. I, it's the- interesting. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it was an emphasis on technical perfection as much as it was a a, a over reliance on on uh, unfiltered strobes. Right. It's it was the, it, it's the same it's the same feel that early eighties digital recordings had before. It's like before digital audio became good enough to actually sound natural it sounded garish and bright and i feel like the photography from the 80s i could go along with that yeah uh it's interesting that we we break things up into decades as if the break between december 31st 1999 and january 1st 2000 it changed everything you know what i mean like you could shift that 10-year thing to 1984 to 1994 Sure. And it could theoretically have just as much meaning, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I could go with the 80s. I, I personally, there isn't that much work from the 80s that I think is that slick. It's interesting when you look at stuff like um, even that uh, the Bette Midler picture that, that Annie Leibovitz took of, of, you know, of Bette Midler with the roses, you know, when she's laying yeah. on the roses and the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. if you look at a lot of that early Annie Leibovitz stuff for Rolling Stones that everyone still points out, like the Blues Brothers one and, and you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, the lighting is technically actually pretty awful in a lot of those pictures, but mm. it, but but like they 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 still have resonance because of what they were at that time in that place, you know. Um, uh, so yeah, it's interesting looking back. I feel like there there was a lot of excellence in the '60s, especially with like the fashion sort of Avedani kind of stuff and those guys like the, the, the excellent one light photographers from the sixties In the seventies, you got into all that sort of large format documentary sort of Stephen Shore stuff we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In the eighties, it got, it got all, it got all eighties. Did you like the eighties? I loved the eighties. Okay. There you go. Uh, what does that mean? No, I, what does I, that I mean, well, there you go. You dismissive prick. <laughs> no, it wasn't dismissive. It was more of a like, well, the, the, yeah, I, I, I don't know how I feel about the 80s. Come on. Uh, I mean, 80s I grew hair up metal? in the 80s. Come on. 80s <sighs> yeah. movies. Yeah. Did, did we talk about Janie Lane already? Who? Exactly. The lead singer of Warrant. Oh, of War- okay. Okay. Uh, no. Do you know that he died at a comfort inn from like they found him dead drunk at a comfort inn? He he's died from alcohol. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow, you have to drink a lot to die, don't well, you? Yeah, don't that's... you have to drink a lot in a short amount of time? Yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah, was found dead uh, August 11th, 2011, uh, dead of acute alcohol poisoning at a Comfort Inn in Woodland Hills, California. Where's that? Woodland Hills is out in the valley. Okay. Uh, cause of death on the autopsy was under uh, was recorded as undetermined. He was 47 years old. Wow. I guess my point is is that, you know, it's just sad. You know, you you have all these 
make all this big money or on MTV or, you know, whatever it is. And then you end up dying at a comfort in life can twist in all kinds of exciting ways. Um, uh, did you see not, slight aside yep. Anton Yelchin? Yeah. And it's because the, they're now talking that it's because of the recalled Jeep parts. Yeah. Yeah. That was that they didn't stay in gear. There was a problem with the, with yeah. the gearbox. They didn't stay in gear. It rolled down a hill and, and apparently, uh, pinned him to uh, a security gate. Or, so he got or, out of his car to go like close the gate or whatever it is. Didn't maybe realize that the, the car had started something. rolling down towards him from behind. Yeah. God, that awful. Talk about a terrible way to go. Yeah. Awful. Not as bad as Ramsey Bolton, but we'll hold that on for another time. I don't um, know who that is. Yeah, I know you don't. That's a Game of Thrones reference from this week. Um, David Lawrence. I shoot for myself first and foremost. But on bigger projects or work-related stuff, I often think about my audience. Who would enjoy this? Who would be interested? How do you see the balance between shooting or podcasting or painting for you and finding an audience for your work? Difficult. I think that a lot of the people who look there, uh, I watched that um, the Keatley thing with the with the the interview his with agent. The, his yeah. agent. Mm-hmm. And look, agents are coming at it from a certain angle because they have a certain point of view because they're agents, right? Um, but then there's a lot of people who, who come at it from the point of view of you need to make the kind of work that you want to make or else it won't matter if other people like it cause you won't like making it and you'll do a bad job at it, you know? So ultimately sure. you have to make the kind of work that you want to make and either find an audience for it or hope that an audience develops for it. But trying to create work that caters to an audience is somewhat of a fool's errand unless you also like the work that you're making to cater. Uh, I think that's true. Yeah, I mean, that, and I think that's what what kind of what David's asking about is. Yeah. Uh, how do you see that balance? Well, it's it's difficult. Yeah. It's because you 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 do want to make the show or make the body of work or make the single piece that resonates with someone, but you do want to enjoy making it. You do want to yeah. Uh, continue making it. That that's why we're here, after all. Yeah, I mean, look, I I am. I can make the case that I am happiest when my hands are in motion, when I am building or making or, you know, I have a brush or a screwdriver or a drill or something in my hands. But pleasing myself, if, and okay, let me back up. If, if you are, if you are approaching it from the standpoint of making a living, there can be different considerations. If if you have a nine to five, or if you are making a living on some other revenue stream, and and your expression is not dependent on an audience, then go nuts. Make yeah. the stuff that you want to make. But I mean, even if you are doing it for a living, there's also a part of it that says, okay, if if I don't know, Esquire magazine has portraits of a certain type in their magazine, and I see that's the kind of stuff that they hire to shoot. Well, I could aim to shoot within that scope because those are the kinds of people they hire. But I'm also then putting myself in with a whole bunch of people who are also shooting in that style. So why choose me out of all those people? I should yeah. actually try to do something different. Like, you know, you can sort of, you can tease it in every different way. Um, yeah. and, and that becomes a very frustrating thing from our point of view, well, at least from my point of view. Um, yeah, no, it absolutely is. I mean, it's, 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 I would say that if we went back and listened to all 9,000 hours of don't this show. Do don't do it. <laughs> I, I, would, I would not be surprised if that very struggle 
is is if not the top of the list, it's very high up on the list of the things that we talk about. Yeah, continuous theme. Because there 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 are no answers. It's it's not you know a plus b equals c. It's a plus b equals jello. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's just there. Now I'm hungry for jello. Right. Watch it wiggle, see it jiggle. <laughs> cool and fruity jello brand gelatin of all desserts you'll love the one that makes the light taste such fun and jello gelatin makes some fun is that the 70s version <laughs> yeah i think so yeah i don't know that one that's a little before my time I think. uh of course you probably have to delete that because we'll get sued yeah i think you'll be all right i think a song from 40 years ago on a commercial sang by you acapella is gonna be okay <laughs> You think it's probably okay? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just just wondering. Yeah. Uh, Nick Govis, this is me, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're not selling or exhibiting your photography, uh, what do you do when you run out of wall space? Make portfolios, rotate pictures on the wall, leave everything <laughs> on the computer anyway. Uh, when I first read Buy that, a I bigger just, house, I, Nick. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I have some of a few of my images on the wall, like uh, I think three or four in the place, mm-hmm. but like a lot of other people's stuff too. Um, yeah. It, it, I don't print and put up all that often. I have a lot of stuff on my computer. I think rotating it out every once in a while is always fun. Like your house is mm-hmm. like a little gallery. Um, yeah. I think that making portfolios, if you want to keep prints in, I'm a big fan of prints in boxes personally, like the, you know, yeah. the, the classic boxes. Uh, when you run out of wall space. When It's funny. When I first read this, I saw rotate pictures on the walls. Like, why would you want to turn the pictures sideways? Like that's how I read it. Wow. I was like, wah, wah. <laughs> that it, doesn't help anybody. I, how I, would you get them to stay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What well, brain? Um, <laughs> right. I think so, brain. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I guess there's also this idea that if you're shooting a lot, you probably will tend to improve your images. So at a certain point, the picture you have on your wall will, which you once thought was your best picture, will some eventually not make the cut. Sure. And you'll say, oh, yeah, you know sure. what? That's the weakest one. Let's put up that new one I took this weekend. Right. Whatever. Um, that's how what I, I don't know. That's how I would see it. I, uh, I, I agree with you there. Okay. Yeah. I love the idea of rotating it. And I, and I've, you know, I'm more and more, I get, I get prints that I buy or I get prints that, that listeners have sent in and you guys have sent me some terrific stuff. They've sent you some terrific stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love, I love, being able to swap things out and, and, you know, mix it up. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Uh, oh. justice. Justice. Bill had mentioned playing the piano last week. Did I? And mentioned, I don't, was that last week or the week before? Uh, maybe whatever. Anyway. Uh, and mentioned his super cool piano teacher in the post, but, or in the past, <laughs> uh, but I'm sorry, post past. <laughs> 220, 221. Uh, but <laughs> I'm wondering takes. if either of you are currently playing any musical instruments at this time or have any plans to do so in the future or maybe as a broader question, how the practice of playing a musical instrument might inform one's work in the visual slash photographic arts. What do you got, Bill? Are you playing at all anymore? Um, you know, I was up at my mother's house, uh, about a month ago and, uh, went over to my friend Harden's house who Harden has my piano. I have a five, eight Yamaha grand that, that sits at my friend Harden's house because he has a big house and I have a, what, is, small what does that apartment. mean? Five, eight 
Yamaha. Uh, it's a five foot eight. Oh, okay. Baby it's a size grand. Yeah, it's the distance. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's the length of the piano. Like longer, longer pianos have longer strings and therefore have like a more robust bottom end. Uh, a five eight's not like a full grand. It's still a technically a baby grand, but it's a bigger than your average baby grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like right before going to a full grand size, which is usually like a six foot two. Uh, then concert that, grands get up to length? like seven that's foot. That's the yeah. length of the string that's or the like, width? No, that's length. So it's yeah, like from okay. the keyboard to the back. Um, so I had a very nice piano. I, yes, I, as Jeffrey referenced earlier, I went to music school. I have a music degree, but, uh, and I used to play piano pretty seriously. Um, so I have a piano that was at my mother's house that I then moved to my friend Harden's house, which just so happens to be a mile away from where my mother eventually moved. So my piano, now, did right you down give it to him or is he just sort of, he's the steward I, of your piano? I told him that if he paid to move it to his house, he could have it until I wanted it back. Ah, okay. And he has uh, a daughter who takes piano lessons and he himself oh, plays. And so nice it's like a good place to have it, right? Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so it sits there. So anyway, I went and I sat down and I started playing Misty, you know. Do, 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 Sure, sure. And um, great version of Johnny Mathis. Yes, Johnny Mathis has a very good. Uh, Errol Gardner, who, Gardner, who wrote it, uh, has a really great version in like the key of d or something it's like in a weird key which uh is really really cool um so i i i sat down and i played and i realized that i can play to the point where like i can show you that i know how to play but i have lost almost all my muscle memory and i don't play that often there's part of me that i have a nice 88 key keyboard here and i do at times uh plug it in just to mess around i really should plug it in one day when conrad's working late and just write and record a song like the old days sure uh, just to mess around. I just haven't gotten around to doing it. Um, but it is it is somewhat on my list. So yes, I have played in the past uh, and currently I guess I can still play. But uh, uh, let's see. Broader question of how practice of playing musical instruments might inform one's work in the visual photographic arts. This is a little bit like last... I guess we did mention it last week because we were talking about the whole practice thing. Mm-hmm. And I was saying that you know musical instruments practice is a little different than artistic practice in the sense that a lot of musical instrument stuff is really about straight technique and actually being able to play the notes where my problem with taking pictures is not that I don't know how to press the button. It's that I don't know what right. to press, when to press <laughs> right. the button. Right. Right. Um, I, I guess, I guess there's a certain level of <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just not, no, 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 press the button. It's, it's like the, the, the remember the, the Cartier yeah. Bresson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you teach do? this? this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he like holds his finger yeah. up. Yeah. Um, it's, totally, it's totally the thing. I think that there's a certain amount of dedication that comes with all of that, right? I right. mean, practicing right, right, every right. day and whatever. Like, uh, you know, I go to the gym a lot now, and yesterday I, I, I had the best rowing day of my life um, uh, by far, uh, and I almost killed myself. Uh, and so there's like a certain sort of uh, – personal goal kind of you know beating yourself kind of thing like will i be able to learn this piece of this piece you know right i'd be able to get this scale right which i don't think necessarily translates to painting and sculpture quite as much you know mm-hmm. maybe you know, the discipline the, the the discipline of doing it the discipline of doing it does but i don't but mm-hmm. it's not like oh you know i need to practice this one brush stroke a hundred thousand times until i get it you know right right <laughs> i mean i guess that happens but, in the process of painting but yeah, I mean, it goes back to the Jeremy Mann documentary. Yep. You know, go practicing that brush stroke a thousand times so that you can get it 
with right. a flick of a wrist instead yeah. of having to concentrate on getting the brushstroke. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, it's so, so yeah, it's interesting. Did you ever play an instrument? Did we talk about that? Uh, I played trumpet for uh, a year okay. so that I could play the drums. And how'd you do with drums? Because you uh, were I played Neil drums for, uh I played the drums for years. I, I enjoyed playing where, the drums. Where are the drums now? Gone. Gone many, many years You're ago. Gonna buy I, I have often set? thought... I have often thought about getting a new kit. So you could uh, play the Purdy Shuffle? No, man. So I could just rock out to, you know, Neil. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't mind getting an electronic set. Yeah, the V-drums, the Roland ones that have like the head on them, like it's an actual yeah. flexible head. Those yeah. actually feel pretty good. Yeah, they're If you close neat. your eyes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Justin Hawk. Uh, how much bouquet is too much bouquet? Can you have, can you have too much bouquet? Bouquet! Uh, no. Moving on. Uh. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I I think you can. I think you can overdo it. I think doing really wide open shots is, has its time and place. And I have done it in the past and I have done it now and I continue to do it. But, um, I think that when photographers first get started and get their first fast prime lens, they buy a $110 50 millimeter 1.8 then they do it at 1.8 and they take pictures of their kids and it's all blurry in the background and they think that they're right. geniuses. Um, I think that wow. I, I no, I, well, there's this certain thing where you're like, Oh my God, all my pictures look amazing. Cause things are blurred out. I think that there is a, it's what, what is the, what is the thing where like you, you, when you learn something, you think you know everything, and then you realize you don't know anything. You know what I mean? You know that curve. I think that I think they call that adolescence. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, <laughs> no, I think there's a certain level of photo, photographic adolescence where I think that there's a time and place for short depth of field images, but I think it's a crutch that some people lean on a little too much. Um, I don't. I don't dig super super thin. Like you see it in portraiture, you see it in wedding shots. Yes. I don't dig that that razor like where you're. You're, you've got a quarter inch to work with on either side, and then right. it starts to blow out. Yeah. I mean, like That's every once in a while, well. it's fine, but like it, I, I think that is, it's a one-trick pony. And mm-hmm. I find myself, the, more, the longer I shoot, I find myself looking at other photographers and, and getting drawn to the people who are shooting with more depth of field, are shooting at 5.6, or shooting at f8, are shooting at f11. And I find mm-hmm. myself shooting at at l- lower apertures which actually to the point where if i did switch can't if i you know if i bought a nikon d810 or a pentax or whatever if i if i ended up switching systems i don't know that i'd worry as much about having the hyper fast primes because i don't usually use them wide open anymore you know it's not it's not a it's not a requirement for me so i think that there is a time where you can have too much bokeh although it is fun to say who's the guy what's his name Kai Wong. There you go. Bokeh from uh, Digital Rev TV. He, it's 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 the British accent that he has that cracks me up. It's just like this is like way that he speaks just like yeah makes it's me great. giggle a little. Well, bit. and and now yeah. he's got he's got Lot that's doing the reviews with him, and and Lot oh, is a straight uh, man. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's just so funny. Yeah, they're 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 cute. They uh, they are very much. Uh, Johan, that's yours. Uh oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, Johan Troyer Tirol. Is that how we pronounce that? Troyer? 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 Yeah. Tirol. Uh, I'm never 
satisfied. Never, Johan? Never? Come on. <laughs> I'm never satisfied with my work. Always feel it can be better. So the question is, when does one start to feel comfortable that your work is good enough? Never. Yeah. <laughs> you don't. I mean, that's look. That's part of this. That's part of the learning, right? That's part of uh, 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 the joy of of creating things. Is you're always yeah. a little off balance, and you're always a little. Hmm. I think I think the interesting dichotomy with the internet and photography has gotten to the point where you are both simultaneously supposed to be a sensitive artist who explains their faults and sees, you know what I mean? feels the way Johans feels and actually be open about the fact that that's true while simultaneously putting off an air of, of invincibility where it's like, yeah. no, I'm the guy you're supposed to hire. Cause I'm yeah, good at this. I can get you know? it done. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like you're constantly battling between these two forces. Right. And, and not even within, within your own head, but within the market, uh, which is really frustrating. You know, am I supposed to be sensitive artist who's trying to figure things out or am I supposed to be the sensitive artist who's already figured the damn thing out and gets the job done? Um, right. So, I, I, I mean, I guess I guess one just feels sort of comfortable with your work is good enough. I think that I ebb and flow out of that. It's like a sine wave, right? Where I'll, I'll come out with something that I'll shoot and I'll be like, I'll be very happy with it. And there'll be a time when it's like, oh, I feel satisfied with that. And then inevitably enough time will go that I start looking at it more critically. And then I go, eh, there's stuff I can improve on in that. Right. And then I, then you try to do something else and maybe it hits and maybe you go back up the curve. Um, it's, it's, it's a plateau. You're climbing plateaus. It's like the, the great staircase in, in, in uh, Utah, right? Right. You can climb plateaus, man. Just don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> uh, hey, you know, it, uh, there was an in, interesting uh, interview with, um, oh, shoot, uh, on Kevin Pollack chat show. Yep. Uh, he had, um, what's his name on the other day? Let me pull it up so I get the name right. And I, oh, David Foster, you know, the, the music oh, yeah, producer, songwriter. songwriter. Yeah, producer. Yep. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, which I will put the link in the show notes because it's a pretty good interview. Um, and it's interesting because as a music producer, in some ways you are a dictator, right? You're going in the room and you're saying, no, you need to sing it this way. And in the interview, he says, there's no in in music and in art there's no such thing as compromise compromise breeds mediocrity one mm. person like if two people disagree one of them will win and that's fine but going in between the two of them is never a good idea hmm. which i thought was really interesting and he, right. he recounted a story of some singer that he worked with who only had whatever a week to do the vocals on an album. And so they had everything ready and the singer came in and, and sang the record and did everything he said. And it was this huge hit. And then they decided to come in and do the next record. And the artist had blocked out all this time and suddenly wanted to get involved in making all the decisions and all this stuff. And, and it ended up being a huge flop. Like it was just hmm. sort of like, wow, somebody needs to be, somebody needs to be the captain of the ship. Somebody yeah. needs to make the decisions. And uh, it's interesting. He comes off a little bit of a jerk about it, but like I can almost understand where he's coming from. So mm -hmm. it's uh, anyway, another interesting thing, but the whole idea of there no such thing as compromise, like compromise right. breeds mediocrity. I like that. Um, I, uh, I, I ran into Kevin Pollack at a tire shop in LA. You did? Yeah. Was, did you talk to him? Uh, briefly. He, he was getting tires for, 
his then girlfriend's BMW. Oh, okay. I you know, nice guy. I, Super nice, actually. I like him. I like his show some of the time. He's like he's a little bit too much of like a vaudeville's sticky showman for me sometimes. Like the way mm-hmm. he talks. Um, but he gets good guests, so it's uh, fun. Uh, Nick Bedford, do either of you run into self-induced creative burnout? Do we ever run? Do we ever get out of self-induced creative burnout? <laughs> I I don't think I run into burnout as much as just frustration of what to do or what to do next. It's well, not that I'm burned out. You but but there are times when you know your whole moving the needle analogy. There are times when the needle's sitting down at zero and you got no tank gas in the tank to, to yeah, push it. Yeah, but it's it. not it's it's not that I'm it's not that I don't want to do it anymore. I'm just done. I'm sick oh, okay. of doing it. I guess that defining burnout to to me burnout is like I've used all the fuel I had in my tank right now. I'm empty. I got to re I got to recharge. In that case, yes, but burnout like, you know, screw this. I'm I'm going to, you know, I'm going to sell everything and, you know, go I I don't typically get to that point right, it's right. it's more like what the hell do i do i'm, I'm yeah. looking for a voice i'm looking for something to say what am i trying to say I and who am i trying to, to say it point. to am i trying to say it to me am i trying to say it to you what am i trying to say yeah yeah i mean i think there's always there's always part of me that's just like man am i even doing the right thing should i be sure doing something completely different than photography i mean i guess that's got to be true of everyone though yeah know? yeah 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 i mean i i I mean, I don't, I have friends who have been photographers for 40, 50 years, and maybe next time I hang out with them, I should ask and say, you know, hey, do you ever think like, maybe I should have done something other than photography? Or are you so all in at that point as a successful photographer or whatever it is of 40 years that you're just like, oh, I guess this is what I do. Right. You know? Um, Yeah. Any other questions from the peanut gallery? Uh, Not, not live. Okay. Not live. I think that was good. That's like an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, it's good. Perfect. Uh, I like the question. I like the Q&As. You know what's nice about the Q&As is that sometimes the questions bring up stuff in a way that you and I wouldn't attack them. Yeah, absolutely. Gives it a new perspective. Uh, Side note, what do you think uh, Hasselblad's going to reveal tomorrow? Oh, are they revealing something? Uh, I I think it's going to be, and I think there's, there's been some pointing to this, Medium format rangefinder. Oh, uh, oh yeah! Look at that. I see the little picture they have there. Um, yeah, I can see that. Like a uh, like a Mamiya Seven. Yeah. Medium format digital. Yeah. Something, yeah, but it's, that's, it's still going to cost twenty eight thousand dollars. So it's not. Yeah, maybe, I don't know that it's going to be lower. a maybe game they'll changer. Come in, uh, maybe they'll come in at the at the six four five Z market. What what if that were the case? Would that be attractive? They came in like ten thousand, eight thousand. Sure, but I'd be very. I'd I'd put money that they wouldn't do that. I mean, they've never had a low end anything. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, look at that little buttons. Yeah, it kind of looks like a rangefinder, doesn't it? Or if not a rangefinder, an EVF flat EVF. Mm-hmm. The problem with medium format is that you need a certain amount of distance and size for the lenses, just because of the size of the sensor. You know. Right. Uh, so would it be an entirely new uh, lens lineup or would there be would there be a way to make the existing oh, H-series lenses work? And would you want to? I mean, if it, maybe, maybe it's an all-in-one. Maybe it's – what if it was like going back to the medium format, the, the Mamiya? Mamiya. Uh, what if it were, you know, like a built-in 80 like a, to 135? Oh, like a zoom. 
Yeah. I don't know. Like a, like a very, very expensive Hasselblad Super Zoom EVF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be a niche camera. Uh, I, I wouldn't be interested in that, but I, I guess some people are, I mean, it's like the whole Panasonic Leica thing, right? The two, the Panasonic builds cameras, Leica puts their name on it. Right. And charges twice as much. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like for the same well, exact supposedly, camera. supposedly with the new CEO, everything's gone back internal. This is, this is, this is an internal oh, project. For this, yeah. This is okay. not a, a partnership. From what I've been reading, this oh, is not yeah, a partnership. Because, yeah, did some Sony stuff, right? Like the Luna yeah. and all that were Sony Luna, cameras. Yeah, they were rebranded Sonys. I, I will be interested to see what happens, although their, I mean, their numbers are not great lately, right? Is that what's yeah. going on with Hasselblad? I mean, look, the market's not that big for the kind of cameras they make. And a lot of people rent them, and now they have competition from Pentax, and they still have competition from FaZe. The market is consolidated to... Phase and Hasselblad. Does Leaf even make backs anymore? I guess they probably do. But like, you know, how many people use those versus the built-in systems? Um, yeah, it's tricky. I don't know. I'll put a link. There's a Petapixel article with these things. Hmm. Uh, I think I saw it on Digital Trends. Okay. Like oh, you mean? <laughs> yeah, no, not Digital Rev. <laughs> uh. Although it will be funny to hear Kai either, you know, celebrate it or rip it apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Assignments. Let's pull up last uh, week's stuff. Community. community. Lots of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, All really these old fun Robert stuff. Brown ones from 1946 are really neat. Oh, I like uh, when people write on things and they point and they say, me. That's pretty yeah. cute. Uh, some good stuff in here. Um, a lot of family, a lot of friends. Um, well, Peter that's... Geyser. I love the shot of the, uh, the, uh, Little League dugout. Yeah. That's terrific with the silhouettes. Terrific shot. Uh, hey, by the way, I watched a really interesting docu- little like 90-minute documentary called Fastball the other day, all about hmm. like, the history of the fastest pitchers in the major leagues. And I'm not a huge sports fan, but it was fascinating. Uh, uh, speaking David of David Gardner's picture is pretty nice, the back of the building there. What? Yeah. Have you watched the, uh, the Chomsky documentary, Requiem for the American Dream? Uh, is that the one with all the animation? Yep. Uh, I've watched about half of it. It's interesting. I didn't know much about him. Uh, oh, Chomsky's fascinating. Fascinating guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and oh, uh, speaking of the, the animation, I'm going to be talking to Mark Wagner, the guy that, that does that money-based art and, and the animation. Oh, okay. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, like, um, I like Chomsky a lot. I don't agree with everything he says, but I like the fact that he says it. Fascinating um, man, though. I mean, oh, and... Yeah. and I you mean, know, even like I said, without all the political, it's interesting because he literally has led a dual life, right? I mean, he is, will be famous and in the books forever for his linguistic stuff. And then he's famous and in the books forever for his political stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which is kind of neat that he's a, uh, he's a double threat. We're getting older now though. Right. Yeah. As happens. Uh, sailboat pictures. Oh, yeah. I like that. that sailboat picture a lot. Bobby Tingle's picture of Vacation Bible School. Look at all these kids. Hey, Charlie look, it's, Lewis. It's me, circa 2014. Wow, I was fat then. I need to lose some weight. Or I well, did then. You know, get on it. Oh, uh, I, I am. I'm just saying, compared to this, I've, I've lost like 10 pounds. I dig the Charlie Lewis photo of all the dogs looking out the window. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, but who let those dogs out? Who, 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 who? Wow, you literally took the bait. 
it's so good. Uh, Gardner, uh, I like the uh, the the, uh, the 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 what is he waiter? Yeah, Maitre they're D? gonna make you offer you can't you can't yeah. refuse. Yeah, you hear me? You hear what I'm saying to you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, some fun stuff. Uh, some what do you got for this week? This week, what about looking up? Looking up. I like looking up. Looking up. As long as I don't have to watch the beginning of the movie Up. You don't like the movie Up? Uh, I very much enjoyed the movie Up. The opening montage story thing kills me. Like, yeah. kills. Like, I can't not, watch it not again. Down it kills with me. Up? Yeah, uh, I think it's amazing. I I I was like waterworks for 15 minutes after watching. I just we had to pause the movie while I cried. I I could see that. It's it, see you that. know it's all about regret and regrets like my biggest fear in life. So th- that was like yep. jabbing a thing in me and just ripping it open. Anyway, good stuff. Oh. Uh So yes, looking up. I'll put it in the show. Looking notes. up. Uh, so photographer of the week uh, was. Where did uh, this come from? Uh, that's what I was just going to find. It was a listener sent it in. I dig the picture on the homepage of the site. Uh, Coolest that would... pool I have ever seen in my life. Oh, Jim Acevedo sent it in. Ah, uh, thank you, Jim. All right, you want to try? You want to so, try to to pronounce the guy's name? I would. I'm I'm going to go with Joseph Hofliner. Hofliner. Okay. Yeah, I'd see that. Yeah, I'm down. Joseph I'm down with Hofliner. Uh, is uh. This is remember last week we were talking about how uh, a lot of nature photography and this isn't nature photography but it is sort of like around cities documentary photography a lot of it um, mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it has a cohesive point of view or at least I I was claiming that mm-hmm. I think this stuff does um, okay in in its own why what is it about I this don't, I don't know why it feels like it does. It's like it all has a very similar tone to me. Oh man, this is good. This American. I'm I'm looking at the American landscapes portfolio. Yeah, but look how many pictures there are in this fantastic. whole site. Fantastic. This site's huge. Series. Wow, Joseph, you need to stop and take a break because it looks like you're shooting all the time. Wow. Yeah. Hey, look, look, Jeffrey. Edition of nine. Edition of seven. We can discuss that next time. Yeah. Uh, beautiful, beautiful image. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. This is great stuff. Uh, let's see. Gotta go portfolios again. Man, there is a ton of, this, this is huge. It's, it's, this is one of the, if, if it is not the largest, this is one of the largest collections of work on a website that we have featured. Yep, absolutely. I think it may it may even top the charts. You could sit here for days looking at this guy's stuff. And and the site while the images aren't huge on the site, you can flip through them fast. Wow, and I love that it's 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 also it looks like he's probably he might actually be shooting a, a, a like a Mamiya 7 or something. Cuz it has the right it's wow. the right uh He's printing. Big. I love that he's going back, and I mean these are these are multi-year bodies of work. These are yep. multi-year yeah. portfolios. Look, the American landscapes. It's like every single state. Yeah. Uh, and um, then uh, yeah. I also really like the black and white stuff down the bottom. Yeah, the jet airliner series is terrific too. Yeah. Wow. Wow! 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 Definitely Man, a good this one. This is good. I wouldn't. Japan. Would you? Would you stand underneath the jet airliner like that on, on the beach? Would I stand? Oh, uh, no. 
But, well, I don't know. Depending on how low. Did you ever see Pushing Tin? You ever see that movie? Uh, I yes, vaguely I remember that movie. John Cusack, yep, yep, uh, yep. Billy Bob Thornton. Yep. And and they would go out on the tarmac and and get thrown around over. by yeah, the, yeah yeah get thrown around by the jet wash. You do that? Um, I don't know. You know, Maybe. you should go. You should go over to. God, these are beautiful. The photos. park north of National Airport. Oh, I've heard you can, you can, yeah, I've heard yeah, you, you can, can go you can stand go there. there and the planes come right over you. I would I mean, like it's not to, this I, low, I haven't been but it's low yet. Zanzibar. Great Billy Joel song. 52nd uh, Street. Also where Freddie Mercury was born. <laughs> yes, he, he is. Look, I mean, look at this guy's, go look at shows and just look at the, the number of places he's showing. Like, oh, it's, it's amazing. Huge. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. The number of books he has. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And uh, yes. yeah. Joseph Hofflinger. I'm, I'm going to yeah. go with that. This Wow, this retrospective book looks terrific. 1975 to 2015. Yeah, he's Austra- uh, Austrian. Uh, 1955, which means he is slightly younger than you. Uh, nice. Nice, you like that? Oh, this is uh, uh, Tenoyes. This is his publisher. I should see if I, they'll send me a, one of his books. Well, there you go. So absolutely, uh, that's a, a a good one, Jim. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I did not know point, about Jim. him, and uh, and now I do. I will put links in the show notes. Now, okay, I want to say something about this. Look at the Florida set. Okay, inside of the American landscapes. Uh, or is there no, a separate just Florida under section? portfolios uh, oh, okay. about about midway down the page, Florida. Okay, go ahead. So atypical of what we have come to expect from if you just hear florida none of these photos are what you're going to imagine when you hear it when you hear the word florida when you imagine florida as a place true florida is hot it's colorful it's vibrant yeah these look like they were done at night they almost look like day for night for day kind of things yeah because the streaming clouds in this yeah Wow. Yep. Good find. Hofflener. 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 Hoff. Yeah. Where's the where's the emphasis? You mean the emphasis? <laughs> you <like> that. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, on which syllable do you put the uh-huh. emphasis? Right, you know, I guess it all depends. Oh, uh, so wrong. Yeah. Uh, got anything else? Nope. All right. Uh, podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, Bill Wadman, Jeffrey Sidoris on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, let's see what else. Go join the Google Plus group. 687 yep. Don't forget that. Leave yeah, us a leave- voicemail. We like the voicemails. Yeah, we like uh, those. They're fun. Got anything else? Uh, that was a good one. I like that show. Yeah, this is fun. Uh, no, I don't have anything else. I'm gonna. God, we, I'm, we go forever you know, on these shows. This is a long try show. Try and get some stuff done. You know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm just gonna go over to the airport and walk around and mutter. You know, <laughs> that's entirely possible too. So, so you're gonna do the same thing you do every day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
right. <laughs> Pack my bag of bread and off I go. Uh, you know, my sister uh, says that the contractors are going crazy at the Air and Space Museum preparing for next week. Uh, wait, they're, what's re- next week? they're reopening the main hall. Oh, uh, oh, right. Because they've Friday. been. They, yeah, 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 yeah. Do they expect uh, a flood of people? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Or were you, you were, that wasn't some sort of pun that I'm not getting? No. Oh, okay. Then yes. I'm think, Well, they're going to be open all night. They're going to be open oh, Friday night right, right, over, right. Okay. over next Friday night. The J- July 1st, we'll be down there. Uh, um, July for, Oh, okay. Maybe maybe we can meet you over there. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, are you going to – is it like a sleepover thing or what, what are I they think do? it's just like, open they, all they night and they're having sometimes. like events. Oh. I think I think it's like a big – you know, da 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 da, like like uh, big. So Superman's oh. gonna be there. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Wow, I feel like punchy right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Christopher Reeve. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> I like Christopher Reeve. I do too. Come on, uh, what uh, what is the what was the movie where he goes back in time? Somewhere in time. Somewhere in time. Yeah. By Terrific staring score. at a penny. Yeah, well, I know I can go back in time by he, staring at a penny. That's not what that, that's he went. He he came back. Oh, he came back because, because he of the, at the penny. penny. You're right. You're yeah, right. it was in his suit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that was a great movie. Uh, what was uh, who was the girl? Jane Jane Seymour, I think, wasn't it? Jane Seymour. That's right. Jane Seymour. Yeah. Uh, uh, will, okay, a night a at the museum. 40th birthday, July 1st, National Air and Space Museum celebrates 40th birthday of its flagship building in Washington, D.C. Uh, evening ceremony and all-night celebration will commemorate the date and officially open the newly renovated Boeing Milestones of Flight Hall for the first time. The museum will stay open throughout the night uh, with special guests dropping by and ongoing activities, including a film festival, music tours, scavenger hunt, and much See? more. See? Told you. That big deal. is super cool yeah so i'll put i'll put a link in the show notes if anybody's in uh, in the dc area and, and is going to go to this thing uh yeah let's uh we can we could all meet up there or something maybe so that's that gonna be, be good really cool yeah. yeah yeah a scavenger hunt oh my god i found apollo 11 <laughs> i found the columbia i found the you know right <laughs> i found an egg in the bottom of the v2 rocket yeah um they, they put the last one out at hazi yeah, exactly. <laughs> and go! It's like three billions of people like running to Virginia. Uh, it's good stuff. All right, Jeffrey, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Going on and on the way we are for so long. Too many foolish plain to see something. Say